Well, and the thing there is that, as I mentioned in today's newsletter, Auburn got like this, it's this double whammy. So when Freeze comes in and says, hey, I thought Auburn was going to be in a better spot than this. And he, I think he knew what the record was. But coming in and be like, whoa, we're behind and where the roster needs to be. We're behind on what the recruiting operation needs to be. You fell off in recruiting and you couldn't keep players around. It's, it's, that's the one thing I think about this team is like, it's not just the fact that under Brian Harson Auburn didn't recruit as well. It's that a lot of guys left on top of that. The guys that you brought in were all going under. Did you hear the thing today? Georgia, 85% of Georgia's 2020 class stayed. Auburn, yeah. it's less than half. That's and crazy. then, and then the two classes after that, or the one class after that for Auburn is even, is even smaller. And I, and I also heard Kirby make reference to the fact that every position coach, and coordinator at Georgia was on last year's staff. Yeah. Like the, the thought of a, a complete – now they, they had to shuffle guys around because Munkin went to the NFL mm-hmm. and, and they had to – but like everyone at Georgia was, was at Georgia, was last, at Georgia year. last year. Yeah. Which for a national champion to be able to back have – Back-to-back national back champion. Back-to-back national champion to have that kind of stability. I mean, it's another reason why they're, they're increasingly the standard bearer in, in the sport. And it doesn't seem like – I mean, I don't want to short sell South Carolina – it's, it feels like this is a Georgia team that's going to be riding a 20-game 20, 20 win streak uh, when, when they come to Jordan-Hare. Uh, yeah. yeah and, and, I mean, that, that's going to be a game where it's one, it's one of the tougher games on Georgia's schedule on paper, but it's, it's also a place where they've won two in a row and six overall in the rivalry. Yeah. Well, Dan, what, what came through your mind, or what do you think of when – because you were in the room as well. When you heard Free say, hey – you know, this is going to be a work in progress. And I believe the exact quote is, I think everybody who sees our team knows that, and I'm okay with that, and other people need to be okay with that. Like, we've talked it recently about at Florida, kind of, you know, Billy Napier came in kind of saying some of the similar uh, similar stuff. For Auburn, it, it is so interesting because I think this fan base, there's a chunk of this fan base that thinks Auburn is about to shock the world here this year. And they might. There's always a possibility. But... More re- the more realistic view of this team is that, like, guys, you've had back-to-back losing seasons. We had to completely flip this roster. Not completely, but mostly flip this roster over. More than half of this roster is brand new. This is about getting the wheels back on the train track. Yeah, I think the argument is how many swing games are on this schedule. Like, how many games yeah. do you look at where you're like, okay, Auburn is clearly the underdog. How many games do you look at you say, well, Auburn's, Auburn's clearly got the advantage. I'll make, I'll make and then how many of them are, uh, I don't know, because it feels like Auburn's got – Four division games that that you could you could realistically say are I mean depending on how you view A and M, Auburn got four division hey, I'll games. Say this. I'll say this: there isn't an SEC game on this. Uh, there isn't an SEC game except for maybe Vanderbilt where you can say that's a definite win. Like I wouldn't even I wouldn't take State for granted. And I think yeah. I think if we had to pick Auburn State right now, I think both of us would pick Auburn to win at home. Just the way we don't know what State's going to be. Listen to Zach Arnett today. I think he's got a good plan, but it's just like it's state. Like there's there's going to be some, and it's not just Mike Leach that's gone from last year's team. And they did retain Will Rogers, but a yep. lot of the team around him yep. is going to be different. really different. So I mean, that was uh, well, like yeah, it's like yeah, can Auburn overachieve? Sure, but I think like solid achieving is like you, you got to get back. I mean, they're a six and a half win team according to Vegas right now, which again you can't win a half, but like. People are talking about, like, hey, eight. Auburn won nine. the first half against Mississippi State back in uh, 21. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, you, you, people are talking about overachieving going eight and nine wins. And, I, I mean, if you get hot, anything's possible. But I will also say, like, this schedule and this team, like, I would not sit there and say that the, the, the right seven and five wouldn't be, hey, 
success and build on it. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying don't be excited about the season. And some of you may hear, hey, it's 7-5 and five, and think, eh, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about that or not. But I will say, though, I think this team, like, there's going to be some growing pains with this crew. And to hear a coach come out and say that, because I think, I think last year especially, maybe the last couple of years, I think there was a lot of like, whoa, we'll, we'll prove them all wrong, us against the world kind of thing. Not getting that same vibe from this, from this team. And I think that's a good thing because it, it, it's more realistic. Eventually, um, you know, eventually you're not going to be able to look at, well, think about what you, you – know, you're not, you're not going to be able to point to the previous administration as an excuse for, for Hugh Freeze. Eventually that's not going to work. Yeah. But anyone who would be disappointed with a 6-6 six and six or 7-5 and five season this year, I would ask, had Auburn not made the drastic change they made mm-hmm. and decided to continue on the path they were on yeah. last year, right. this team would be mm. so far from 7-5 yep. and five that you wouldn't be able to see it. Like your it, your line of scrimmages are completely different. Your lines of scrimmage, I should say, are completely different without this staff. And, I mean, also keep in mind, this, this class, this, this 2023 class, Keldrick Falk, who got – you know, compared to, you know, these, these crazy comparisons today by Elijah McAllister and others, I, guys like, you know, Kay and Lee and all these, the large, a large chunk of that class that helped you stay in the blue chip ratio and, like, saved you from, like, really falling off even further in recruiting, that was all these guys, right? So, like, you know, there's a lot about, there's a lot to get excited about about this team that is not here without, without them. And so, there's year one. It's a reset. I'm not going to call it a year zero because I think in a place like Auburn, you don't get a true year zero. Like, you don't get a, well, it doesn't matter what your record is this year. It, it'll matter because, like, say they go three and nine. Well, yeah, it's definitely going to matter what they look like the next season. But you've got – I think the foundation is, is the right word. This isn't a complete teardown, but this is kind of like a rebuilding it, – it's like a rebuilding team in the pros. Where it's just like we've got some pieces. We know that our next moves are going to be our big ones. But like, what do you what are you selling people on now? And I think what you got to sell them on is hope, and you, you know, got to sell them on 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 um, uh, building towards the future. And it's interesting because this is a senior laden team that is going to have to do that because this is not this is not the pros. You can't just re-sign the guys. This is you're you're getting ready for the next wave, knowing that a good chunk of the the football is going to be played this year by guys who aren't going to be here much longer. Yeah, I was going to say any any production you get this season out of out of guys that are on next year's roster. Yeah. Not, not a bonus, but it's, I mean, especially in this era of college football, sure. where who knows who's going to be on, on next yep. year's roster. I think it would be a, you know, if you're looking for silver lining, especially if things don't go well on the field, like that would be something you're looking for. I was intrigued by, he said it in the huddle with the beat writers. He also mm-hmm. said it in the small room. Hugh Freeze making reference to challenges that he's in, in, encountering on the recruiting trail, which also are probably something you can point to the past about yeah. because you know things that occurred before Hugh Freeze arrived with Auburn's program. Now Hugh Freeze is having to fight those fires on the recruiting trail. He was he he's, he made I think repeatedly he talked about running into situations where star players or their coaches are reluctant to seriously consider Auburn because of a perceived lack of alignment behind yeah. the scenes right. or because there's the belief that people are pulling in different directions. Yep. And Hugh Freeze is sitting there saying, no, we're, we're all on the same page. But we all My just page. got here. Yeah, yeah, we all just got here. I mean, you got a new president, a new AD, and a new head football coach all at once. Like, you know, I think that's 
I think that's something. Look, and, and alignment's a trendy buzzword, and I'm as guilty of it as anybody else writing about it. I think it can get, you know, we talk about words that get overused and overplayed too much. Like, the alignment thing at Auburn, like, it it, it gets overplayed, but there was a, there's a kernel of truth to that. But I think anybody can objectively look at it from the outside and say, oh, wait, no, this has a potential to be different this year. And that's... You know, I, I think that's something that'll go away with time, too, is if you're, right. you're trying to talk about things that occurred before Hugh Freeze arrived and, and trying to recruit against you know, the ghosts of Auburn's past. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's something that with success on the field, or just time, like that's something right. that, that will become... Be, I mean, once upon a time, Alabama had the reputation where, where everybody, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? And I'm not saying Auburn's going to go on the run that, with Nick Saban, but I will say that, like, you know, that reputation can go away for, you know, time. at one time everybody's like, well, Georgia can't win the big one. But, shoot, they've just won back-to-back national titles. And, and I think that the, the appreciation, that, and I don't want to make this about, oh, kids today. Right. But I, mean, I think the, the understanding of history is, and it's probably been this way always, where it's like, really, you're talking about college football players who, you know, if you're talking about an 18-year-old, Mm-hmm. I mean, is it is it fair to expect them to remember ten years ago in college football or twelve years ago in college football? So you when, think they know what Jack Gate is? Yeah. So when when, right. he, when Hugh Fre- or should they care? And and when Hugh Freeze uh, makes reference to uh, uh, the fact that Auburn's one of the few programs that's been to the national championship game twice in the last thirteen seasons, yeah. For for someone who. Yeah, for Kelder fought, Kelder fought was five years old when yeah, that happened. Exactly. So I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how relevant Which it makes is. Makes me feel great. But. And, and, and they have to. And I understand why a player would use the recent past to, to base sure. a decision on Auburn. And the recent past was, you know, Malzahn's last couple of seasons and the Brian Harson tenure. 